Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 193. I am super excited about this episode, not only because it just took me three hours to edit it, (laughs) but because it's a conversation with three amazing badass women who just completed their first ultras. And I don't want to spoil anything, but it is... It was so much fun, not only to have the conversation the very first time, but to relive the conversation as I was editing it. And we run the gamut of topics and emotions. So just, you know, um, spoiler alert, you might want to have a couple tissues close by at the end, but it is well worth the listen. So like I always say, I don't want to spoil it, but Here is my conversation with three newly minted ultra runners, Lori, Rachel, and Tracy. Hi, everybody. Uh, Tracy Crow. We live, all of us live in Washington, Western Washington. We're in a little town called Polsbo, which is across the water from Seattle. And I'm a... Air Force brat girl, so I'm from everywhere and nowhere, but this has been home for a long time. My kids are here, my husband. I am the retired one in the group just recently and um, retired from the airline business and just still trying to get used to it. And I don't know if, you know, being a, a traveler, I always plodded along and ran where we went because it was a way to get out and see a city and get around, but I was never, a, I've never done a race. So my first farthest and everything was my first 50K, which Lori, <laughs> Lori, it's her fault that I did it. Um, <laughs> we all live on boats, as a matter of fact, and Lori and I met each other because we're across the dock from each other. So I don't know. We sort of fell in love and became, I, you know, a couple of birth girls now. So I dragged myself after her. Because she's a marathoner, and that's kind of a quick and dirty for me. Um, but I'm definitely the senior. I'll be 65 next month. So for those of us, those of you, and us that are grinding along, trying to keep it together and keep the bod going, and this has been fabulous uh, to my dismay. But I've always, <laughs> always been an you know worked out to. I'm a pilot and you had to always take a physical every six months. So it was kind of a big deal to stay healthy. And so this is an add on and it's, it's doable. Amazing. Yeah. All right. She called you out, Lori. You're up next. Yep. All right. Um, Let's see. I have uh, come from a running background, uh, road running, and uh, I hated exercising and working out for, I don't know, probably the first 30 years of my life. Um, until I got a dog, I actually got an Australian shepherd like you, Megan. Woohoo! So I figured he needed a, a workout and I started uh, trying to keep him entertained by some road activity. And I probably spent about, um, I don't know, maybe like <clears throat> three years trying to figure out how to do a 5k distance basically. And uh, I did my first race as like this junker 8K race of all things. And what hooked me was I was, um, I did not, I showed up to the race not feeling like an athlete whatsoever. 
you know, I was like in sweatpants and like some weird shirt and everybody's like in spandex doing like warm ups and sprinting. And I thought, man, I am in the wrong place. But I did this race. And as I was approaching the finish line, some some guy, some announcer was like, and here comes Lori Hartman, everybody. And I was like, oh, my God, they called my name. And he's like, get your knees up. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, you know. For whatever reason, for in that brief moment of my life, I felt like an amazing superhero. And then I was hooked forever. So I started doing marathons. Um, and I uh, have done a lot of uh, races with my mom, my, my stepmom, actually. So we've probably done about maybe 10 marathon distances together. And we used to do it sort of as like a traveling thing to see places in the United States. And um, anyways, I, after doing all these races, I kind of quit my life. My background's in healthcare. I quit my life. Um, and my husband and I went sailing for two years. Um, and we went to Alaska and we went to Mexico but I missed my identity as a runner, and uh, and I missed my identity as a healthcare provider, and so that's part of the reason we decided to abort mission and come back uh, to the Pacific Northwest. But I felt like I needed a different challenge than just doing marathons, um, and I found your podcast. Uh, through a Facebook group that I belong to um, called the Evergreen Turtle Rockets that's down here in Bremerton. They, uh, one of the gentlemen mentioned your podcast that somebody, some other woman was like really into um, your activities. And so I was checking it out. And then I started binge listening about six months ago. And I'm not kidding. Like you were on, uh, on repeat for real. Well, it's a good thing we had a hundred or so episodes that you could you could partake in. <laughs> I, I needed all of them. So I binge listened to that. And I also got into birth barf a bit. And uh, anyways, I, I always thought that um, I never really considered doing this distance except for one road race I did. I was running with my mom and I was pacing her. And when you pace somebody, you know, you feel a lot more comfortable because you're technic you're usually going slower. And I was running and this lady ran up beside me and she was like, hey, um, you know, like, what, how's the race going? And I said, oh, good. What are you doing today? And she's like, oh, I'm doing the, the ultra. It was a road race ultra. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And she's like, yeah, it's just another like five miles. And I thought, shoot, I could do five more miles today. No problem. So it sort of planted like a seed back there, but it, you know, I just, I was always afraid of trail racing. I thought trail people were fast and crazy and like, it just seemed like a, a whole new world that was maybe unattainable. I, I didn't know about, but your podcast made it real for me. And, um, and so it just felt like something I could try to do. That's amazing. Definitely ditto on that podcast thing for you. Call out for you, Megan, is it's just a, you provide a conduit. That's really good. I love you guys. And I'm Rachel Sutherland, whose story is actually quite different from these bad ass ladies, by the way. Um, so I come to, uh, I'm here in Paulsbo as well. I come to running a little differently as I grew up a larger child. And with all of the insecurities that came right along with that, I played team sports and 
never really fit in as being a heavier kid and whatnot. And uh, in my late 20s, after being very inactive in my 20s and 30s, started walking and uh, entered my first 5K. I kind of did it the standard way everybody, you know, who comes to to running does. I was actually told at one point that you will never be a runner um, for my size and whatnot. And um, after walking with a friend for years, I decided to try, uh, and I would have been in my early 30s at this point, um, I decided to try running. Literally, it was not even a 15th of a mile to a stop sign with my dog. And I remember running the entire way, like not stopping and, and not hurting and getting to this stop sign and just crying like, oh my God, I just ran. Like maybe I can be a runner. Um, and that was 16 or so years ago. And uh, then just slowly, you know, did a 10K. And, and at some point there's a big lag in there. And I decided that I'm going to go ahead and challenge myself. And I entered my first uh half marathon. And I remember the night before the half marathon, having never done any kind of sanctioned event and I never had a running group and I never had the support. This is you. I found Hal Higdon online and that was my kickoff to things. And um, I remember sobbing the night before the half marathon thinking, what have I done? Like, there's no way I'm not a runner. How am I going to get 13 miles done? This is insane. I'm not capable of this, but still showed up at the uh, start line and figured I will get this done one way or the other. And that kind of kicked it off. Um, did several road races, um, had done my first half, first and only marathon uh, 12 years ago as a road run in Arizona and swore I was never going to run a marathon again. It's just a lot of training and a lot of miles and it kind of kind of suck the fun out of it. So, and the progression of things, but I love the half marathon length. And, and as I've gotten older, I love the 10 K length. But then how did you, so then how did you get pulled into ultras? The funny thing about that is that I had discovered hiking along the way and the progression of life is that hiking, being out in the woods has become just such a soul recovery thing for me and being in there and still loving the running, but not loving the road running so much. And living here in Western Washington, where we do, we're so close to this, the most beautiful trails in the world. So that, and luckily we have a lot of road or a lot of trail running that we can do in trail races. So again, not having um, the biggest group of people to go with, I didn't know exactly what to do. So I had found some a local gut group and also got very involved with girls in the run girls on the run here in West sound and shout out to them as I love them dearly. And there's a big group that I would hike with and there's some trail runners. And um, one of the gals that I know had done one, she's like, well, you should do one. And I'm like, this girl does not do those like at all. And I've been on this quest this last several years of challenging myself, doing one big challenge each year to something that is completely and utterly out of my comfort zone period. Regardless, I like to do one physically, one emotionally, kind of one spiritually. And so um, my big one, it was like, okay, why not do a 50K? Don't ask because a couple of years or yeah, a couple of years ago, it was a 25K. And I'm like, I can, I can do a 25K. That's not bad at all. Um, well, I was, and I don't know what I was thinking because I was like, this was a big stretch goal. Like this 50K was a big stretch goal. I am not a natural runner by any 
it is, I swear it's hard every time you're out there. So I'm like, okay, let's try this. And again, so shout out to the evergreen turtle rockets, not realizing how, and it wasn't even through that. It was actually uh, Esty from the evergreen who was on a totally different forum that she done a shout out to you and how phenomenal your program was with the uh, run your first 50 K. I'm like, Oh, well I'm signed up for my first 50 K. Let's see what this is all about. And miraculously when I got on the forum and got signed up, hired you as a coaching, which was amazing and ended up finding, uh, joining your group and finding Lori in Paul's. I'm like, Oh my God, there's another Paul's person. Like we are such a small town and this is such a big world. Like, Whoa. So sent her a message and ergo the, uh, three amigos. Here we are. Yeah. I love it. This is so much fun. I love how like, you know, worlds collide. And I love how, you know, each of you guys have your own, there's like threads that are very similar to everybody's, you know, journey to here, but everybody starts out in a different place. Everyone has a different trajectory or a different path. None of it is exceptionally linear, right? Like we also have these ups and downs and, you know, oh, I could never do that. This girl doesn't do that. That's like probably one of my favorite lines. Not like this girl doesn't do that. But the thing I wanted to say was, I love how you have this challenge to do, you know, a a physical, um, like a, a mental, a spiritual, you know, you could get all of that in that 50K. <laughs> it, it qualified. That checked all the boxes. <laughs> That's the best part about, I think like ultra sometimes is like you sign up for this quote unquote physical challenge, but then you get all the other added benefits of, you know, all the other challenges that pop up along the way that you didn't necessarily sign up for because you didn't know that they existed (laughs) at the beginning. But then as you're going through this process, you're like, oh, actually this is forcing me to get really good with my scheduling or, oh, this is really forcing me to confront a lot of my, my demons, so to speak about like self-doubt and my confidence and all that kind of fun stuff. And it's like, you don't know that you, sometimes you don't know that you need it until you get to that point. And you definitely don't know before you sign up for a 50 K that that's the, you know, when you look back after you've done it, that you'll be like, Oh, right. But I got all these other cool things out of it as well. So I love it. So you guys all did the same race. Who wants to talk about the race, give the race a shout out and sort of lay out for us where it is, you know, course profile, elevation, like paint the picture so people can really understand what this race is all about. Well, maybe you, Rachel, because it was your, your race, actually. You're the one that told Lori and I about it, and that's why we did it. Not why, but it was because it's in our backyard, too. So, Right. Uh, sure, I'll do a shout out. So in my quest to sign myself up for hard things, um, this race, so I had run and shout out to the Super Run series. They're great. They're a great one here in Western Washington. And I had done their 25 K in an area called ancient lakes. And it was fantastic. And they have built this race as your easiest, fastest 50 K. And as again, someone who is not, was not an ultra runner. I thought, Hey, I can do that. And when you look at the, the race itself, not only does it, is it in the most beautiful location in Western Washington along the, uh, Palouse to Cascades Trail. It is a downhill, a gradual downhill for, it's a 1500 feet elevation loss. So, and that is just this wonderful, gentle, not wreck your knees. And as I am trying to do hard things, I figured the distance itself wasn't 
in and of itself is the hard part. So I, I'm not sure I was ready for the technicality of it. So I was grateful for that. So it was a beautiful race. And that's how that one came to be is that it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe my next race will be something with that. But that was how this one, how I ended up finding this particular race. But this wasn't your original race, was it? No, uh, well, no, actually, my original way- race was going to be the grand. Uh, that's funny. I forgot about that. Um, because that's how I ended up in Moab this last week. Um, my original stretch goal was going to be the Grand Circle Trail Fest in Moab. Moab, And it was a three-day trail running event. Each day was a half marathon on each of the trails. And I w- had signed up for it, paid for it, got my flights, and it ended up getting canceled. And that kind of was like, oh my God, now what am I going to do? Like, I'm, I'm not going to give up on my goal. So I had to find something else and... Um, it was kind of one of those late night kind of that standard, like late night, I'm tired. I'm on the computer. I'm like, I need to do something. And it was kind of one of those. I literally signed up for it without like the, it was that standard next morning. What have I done? Like, Oh crap. I signed up and I knew I was outside of my, my comfort zone, my skill set, my everything, which was while seeing a coach, I I knew I was going to need to hire someone. I, I mean, I am not, a skilled enough runner to know what the hell I was doing with 30 miles ahead of me. So. Yeah. But spoiler alert, you did it right. Like you. <laughs> I did it. Yes. Did it. With, a, with an amazing, incredible support system. Like with these two amazing females next to my side, the, it was incredible. Like, yeah, got it done. So you signed up for the race and then did you like immediately call these two or it was like, like a slow process? No, I didn't find them until the end. That was even, this is even the crazier part of this little story is that we had, you know, I had been, by the time I found Lori online through your program, we were like four weeks away from this race. These incredible ladies here on this call signed up for this race one having never done anything in her past, the other having this phenomenal career in marathon running. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. I'm like, what? I went from going to do this race all by myself. I had always wanted someone to go with me. That was like my private goal. Like, oh God, I wish I had friends to do this with, but I'm going to do it anyway. To like four weeks out, like these ladies are like, sure, sure, we'll do this. I'm like, they're even more amazing than I thought. You had yourself an instant ultra squad. <laughs> we did. It was awesome. It was like checking in on training plans. Like, where are you at with your running? Are you available? You know, running together. We knew where we were at on each of it. And, you know, only a, like one group run, but constantly that, you know, four weeks left. And you're like, and four weeks to a, a 50K is insane to hop on. So I was like, ah, these are my people. <laughs> So you mentioned you guys did like at least one sort of group run together beforehand? Not together. Oh, oh. actually just Lori and Rachel, I think. And it was four, it was four miles. (laughs) Four miles is better than no miles. Yeah, it was, that's true. But I think Lori and uh, Tracy got to run together a little bit more, but I got to hear curiously how they were doing through the run and through our texting so yeah, it was crazy. And, and for me, mostly it's running after Lori, you know, I, I see her legs and I see, I know that skirt that she wears, but, um, 
<laughs> and I was gone most of the summer. We were gone up on the north coast of uh, of Canada all summer on the boat. So I was kind of a well, number one, I have no idea how this is going to work out because, like I said, I've never done anything like this. And, oh, I'm going to be gone on the boat, so maybe if I can get ashore and find some paths and some trails and whatever. And it worked out, ended up working out much better than I thought. I probably got three training runs in a week, which was, you know, I mean, we're out there a mile. So at, in the cover of darkness and quiet, I creep out of the boat with my backpack and all my gear and I crawl into my kayak and I paddle about a mile to shore and pull up somewhere and try to creep up, you know, across somebody's land to get to the trail, which I have no idea on some island in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And I would try to send Lori a message like, well, I'm on island, whatever. And so it was kind of a crapshoot when I came back and then we had, had Rachel as well, but, uh, Meanwhile, Lori was diligently trudging along and encouraging all of us, but uh, yeah. That's commitment to have to get up off the boat, get into your kayak, paddle a mile to shore, risk getting arrested for trespassing. (laughs) And I did get miserably lost on one of them up in the place called the Octopus Islands, which is sort of appropriate. I mean, like, I'm thinking... Okay, let's see. I've, I've got my hydration vest. Thank goodness. Don't drink any more water because you might be here overnight. You know, I have one little overshirt and that's it. And, uh, you know, like maybe a, a pro bar by yeah. that time, but it all worked out and uh, it was, it was an adventure. It, it was, uh, you live to tell the tale. It was, similar, it was a similar event to the Bur- uh, Burf Barf Bobcat series. Tracy uh, thought, thought she'd go on her own uh, adventure looking for a bobcat to steal. <laughs> Never did find one, just a kayak though. Yeah, and the whole time my kayak waiting for my kayak to float away, as well as being lost because I had it timed perfectly. I was just I don't know three hours off that climb, but what are you going to do? Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a whole separate podcast episode unto itself. I tell you. <laughs> so you guys decided? Um, did you did you carpool together to the race, or did you go separately? How did your what did the logistics look like for the race? Separate but together. Yeah. Um, luckily, so the area is close enough, but far enough away. Uh, I had a hotel. So following your plan, I had, um, I had the, you know, how to prepare for the race. So I wanted to be close. I was very intimidated going over. So I'd had a hotel booked and kind of funny little story on quick on maybe not preparing or having my mindset right on that one. Um, so I had everything planned. We had gone through our training program and I had like the hotel planned. I knew like which direction I thought caveat here. I thought I had it all planned out. And um, so I had the hotel done. I, in my mind, I had us me running this way on the trail. You know, you'd go through the mine. How's this going to go? Where are we going to do? Um, and I had signed up to run a, a local race before it, the uh, Ragnar Rainier trail race. And I jumped onto a team and ended up meeting a gal who had run this race before and I was telling, she's like, okay, I had told her, it's like, here's my plan. And I got in the hotel room. She goes, well, why did you get a hotel room there? And I'm like, that's where the race starts. She goes, no, that's where the hundred milers start. And you go the other direction. And I'm like, this is about a month before the race. And I'm like, what? 
And so this entire weekend, of it was a relay trail race that I'm standing out there thinking, oh my God, I've been planning months of this training. And in my head, you have your race going a particular way. It was all wrong. I had my, it planned out the wrong way. I had to get home from this race and figure out where I was staying to get a hotel booked and recalibrate. Like I thought I was running this direction, but I'm really running the other direction on this trail. And it's because you have no, of course I've run a race before, but not like on this caliber. So I was like completely, it threw me for quite the loop. Like I had been preparing for this, but it ended up running closer to where we live. So I'm like, it was easy enough to get that rerouted, but um, I had a hotel room and invited both the gals to, I'm like, well, I got a hotel room. If you're interested, we're just going to drive home because it wasn't that far away. It was easily drivable home. So. Yeah. That's the tricky part with a lot of these races too, especially if this is your first one, you have to sort of, and we talked about this in run your first 50 K about like spending some time on the race website and trying to just absorb as much information as you can, because, you know, if you go into it, looking for something like a particular piece of information, you might lose sight of some of this other information that's also on there. And so I've just myself, I've been tripped up a bunch of times by race websites, uh, having like, I don't know, almost like 50 of you guys go through that program now. Like uh, a lot of you guys have been tripped up by different race websites. So, and I've looked at a lot of (laughs) race websites over the year and it can be really tricky. So we, we talked about it in the program, like go and look and, you know, I gave you guys the, um, the prep list, like, okay, where does it start? You know, what time, all these things so that you can, you know, even make your own little race sheet that says, okay, this is where I'm going, you know, gone are the days where we'd have to like print out MapQuest direction. So it's like easy to, you know, figure out where you're going now. Cause you just type it into your, into your phone, but getting familiar with all those different aspects will help you on race day to be less jittery, less concerned, less nervous, because you just, you know where you're going, what the deal is, which direction the race is headed. And then all you have to do is get your gear, you know, just get yourself there and then, you know, do the thing. But if you're frenetically running around like, ah, I got to go here. No, wait, I got to go there. It's like, it's just going to drain your battery, so to speak, and and give you less energy to devote to the thing that you actually showed up there to do, which is to run the race. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm sure there's lots of people that are listening. They're like, oh my God, I had the same thing happen to me too. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool because Tracy had, you know, for jumping onto this race, she had a great situation. Well, my brother lives, he and his wife live right on the, at Snoqualmie Pass, which the race started literally, what you guys, two miles from their house. So I spent the night at my brother's house and then he and my, he and his wife drove me in my car, met these guys who had shuttled up on the bus. We met at the race area, which was fun. So they got to be there and they were excited for us and taking pictures. And, and, uh, then when the race took off, they shuttled my car down to where they were spending the day, which was right where these guys is where, right where we were finishing the race. So that worked out great. Other than that, I had like my clothes in my pack and, uh, I had lamp cause I knew we were going through a tunnel for two and a half miles, <laughs> but I, I didn't know a lot. There wasn't that much to know about this course really, other than what you said earlier, Rachel, you know, Overall downhill, beautiful, fastest. A lot of people use it for a qualifier for Western States because it's so fast. Um, so, yeah, 
So did you guys plan to all run together throughout the whole race or were you guys going to, did you agree that you were going to run your own races? How did that, what did you guys decide? Lori, we're letting you take that one. Well, let's see. I think, um, I, when I run races, I feel very comfortable having different goals for the races that I do. And you kind of talk about that when you go out for any kind of run, like each run should have a purpose. For me, this race was uh, to be with friends. I wanted to help my friends. And I, while I hadn't done a 50K before, this was my first one, I felt like it was completely within my wheelhouse. And so I felt very comfortable that I would be able to do this distance. I had uh, earlier in the year, I have, I tend to be a race stacker. So I had already, um, it's a problem that I have. um, She's she's seeking help for it now. (laughs) Oh my God. My husband just wants to like, you know, lock me up, I think. But I, um, I like to build, if you're going to put forth all this training effort, I just like to capitalize on that because you never know if you're going to wake up and just like have a bad day, if the weather's going to be crap, like whatever. And so I just like to have, um, I like to have a lot of different events. So I had already done a, a race that intimidated me called the Backcountry Rise 20 miler out by Mount St. Helens. And it had about 4,800 feet of elevation. I did that the month before and I did well, but it was in the hot, in the heat and it was just sort of like a training race for me. I, my, my a race was actually a race called goat, uh, 50 K. And unfortunately, so I did the backcountry rise 20 miler two weeks later, I was supposed to do goat, but I got COVID like the week before. And I had to make the hard decision to bail on this A race that I'd been training for five months for. Um, It was really hard. These girls knew I struggled with that decision. Like literally every day I was like, maybe I can still do it. Maybe I can still do it. Um, I'm sure I can do it, you know. And, uh, and I probably could have, but it would have been a total suffer fest. And I was just trying to think of the big picture. So I bailed on that race and luckily um, uh, Rachel had told me about uh, this Cascade Super Ultra that we had already signed up for. And that was two weeks later. So uh, it was a, it was a good backup for me and I hadn't done any, hardly any running since I had COVID. So it was sort of a question in my mind about how I would feel during the race. Um, But my plan was to for sure run with Rachel and to help her um, ha- find success. And I wasn't sure what Tracy was going to do. Uh, <laughs> sure, I- wild card. I, you know, I'm the follower. I'll see if I could just chug along, you know, and watch everybody's sterns as they move in front of me. Well, I mean, Tracy was a wild card because, you know, the thing about uh, that Rachel's not telling you is she has done like a whole bunch of racing. I mean, she did like every weekend, pretty much. She's out there doing some race with somebody. She's crazy. She's crazier than me. And Tracy was a wild card because she hadn't done anything before, but she's really consistent on her own. She gets out there and she does her miles uh, every weekend. She's a really great like speed hiker. And fast walker, 
both of these ladies have that as a good superpower. They're both faster walkers than I am. And I'm trying to learn that skill from them. So, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I'm trying to have them teach me how to do it better so that I can have that skill too. But anyways, uh, Tracy was kind of a wild card. And uh, I thought she would probably stick with us for most of the event. But we just weren't sure how everybody was going to do. So we, I think we planned to start together and just see what happened. Yeah, we ended up pretty much being... I just For me, it's starting and stopping is hard. So I just continue to just just plot along and they Rachel and Lori did kind of a little bit of stopping and starting um and about the time I would finally plod along on my little turtle pace and get up to them during their walking phase then they'd start running again because I was always like ever hopeful that I was going to get to stop for a little while no off they would go (laughs) so at least they dragged me a lot it was like in their you know, I was drafting them the whole way, which was perfect. Yes. Without the turbulence. Well, sort of. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you show up on race day, you all converge in the same spot. Weather is good. Weather is not good. Just how was the day? Perfect day. 50. What do you guys, a high of like, and it same thing. It had been, we were going through, is it going to rain? Is going to do this? It's Washington. And it was maybe 50, maybe 58 or 59 degrees is the high. And it's at 3,000 feet, so it's cool, um, and it was overcast, and we got a little bit of drizzle at the very end of the race, and, it, you know, hardly any breeze. It was just perfect. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. How, lots of people? Is it a big race, small race? They cap it as well, so I think uh, I think I heard there was only about 250, no, I think maybe... Between 250 to 500. I don't, I highly doubt there was near 500. I think it was 250. Was that across, you You said there was like a hundred milers that across all distances? It was a multi, yeah, there was a multi-distance. So there was a 50 miler, a 50K and a marathon. So I'm not exactly sure how many were at the start of the 50 miler because that started more ahead of us. But Lori, how many do you think were in the parking lot with us? Oh, man. I think it was pretty small. Maybe 100 people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was not big at all. This is a smaller one. Good. I like to give people some context because, you know... I'll often get messages from listeners who are like, Hey, do you know of any good races in, you know, X like neck of the woods? And I'm like, well, I can talk about like the Northeast, but, and I, you know, know of other random races around the country, but I like to have people sort of describe their races so that if someone's listening to this and they're like, Oh, I'm actually not that far away from there that they have a better idea. Because again, going back to race websites, you can get, a decent, depending on the race, a decent amount of information from it, but you can't necessarily get a sense for what it's like unless they have some sort of social media presence and they, you know, document and share like pictures from the race and all that stuff. So firsthand accounts and like race recaps like this, I think are super important for people, especially when they're first starting out. Cause there's a big thing for, and I don't know, maybe you guys can talk about this too, but I feel as though people get really tripped up when they're trying to pick their first 50k because they think it has they have to like pick the right like the most perfect 50k for them on their first go around otherwise Rachel's nodding her head yes like like otherwise it it won't be a success or they you know whatever I don't know what the thing is but I feel like if 
people can just sort of just pick the race that sort of, you know, meets their criteria. And I think it's a worthwhile exercise to think about, okay, do I want to travel far from home? Do I not? Do I want there to be a lot of elevation or not? Do I like technical trails? Would I prefer wide, you know, rolling, easy, you know, stuff? Like give it some thought ahead of time. And and then if you do that and you help to sort of whittle down the, the overall number of races that are out there, then you just pick the best option or the lesser of all evils, however, however you want to think about it. You're never going to get it a hundred percent spot on. Um, but I think like it's possible to, you know, gather up as much information as you can and, you know, just roll the dice, so to speak, pick a race and just, you know, go for it. I don't know what you guys think about that, but. Well, I think in that, just to sum that up exactly, Megan, where this is a very doable race, you, you know, you fly into SeaTac, you can rent a car right there, and 50 minutes later, 55 minutes later, you'd be climbing into your hotel, which would be two miles away from the start of the race. So, you know, and there's there was places you could get stuff to eat, and so, and then as, as far as a first event it's all those things it's a a nice course it's i won't say easy no such thing in the 50k but for anybody you know i would think it would be a great one to start with Uh, somebody wants to to do a time like we say that's a lot of people want to put their time up there for western states because it's fast and so yeah well and the other thing is uh there were beautiful fall colors Uh, the views were amazing It was a nice rails to trails. So it was a wide gravel trail, basically the whole way. There's nothing technical about it. Um, I thought the race was very well organized. Um, They had two main uh, aid stations that were like stocked with, you know, and had people to help you. There were, were there four guys, four self-serving waters, like water stops with like buckets where you could get some food if you wanted, but it was like self-serve, which I thought given the non-technicality of the race was very doable for anybody that you could just pull up, fill up your own water and keep going. It had a long um, time cut off. It was 11 hours for the cutoff, which was very reasonable for anybody's 50k. The other thing I liked about it was because it had a 50 miler, there were the 50 milers were starting to like blow through. And that was really fun for me. Um, Sometimes I would surge ahead with one of them because they were going a bit faster. And just chit chat and like get information about the race like, hey, how's it going? How many 50 milers have you done? And that was just really fun for me to like, see what people look like at, you know, in a bigger distance to see if that was something I might want to do. Like how crazy are you? But um that was fun. I think the one question in my mind when I when we signed up that and a reason why I hadn't considered the race until Rachel until Rachel was doing it was there was a two and a half mile tunnel. And I have had experience in road races with tunnels, and I don't like them. I find them hot and stuffy. They're disorienting. I don't want to be in there. I just don't like it. But uh, this tunnel was maybe one of my favorite parts of the race. It was, I don't know why. I keep thinking, like, why was it fun? But it was just, like, 
it was cool. There were other people in there. There were people going both ways because there were bicycles. Uh-oh, we lost you. <laughs> we lost you again. Go, Tracy. Tell us why it was so cool. It was, well, once you got, <clears throat> and you guys know this because you've done it before, but when you finally get that headlamp up there and you kind of adjust it a little bit, initially it's so dark in there and you see this pinhole of light, it's over two and a half miles long. So you're thinking, am I hallucinating or is that okay? And you get your little headlamp figured out and it's kind of like being inside a scuba mask until you sort of get your rhythm down. And the, the floor was fairly decent. So it was just great. And it was cool and misty and a little bit drippy sometimes. And I w- I'm with you, Lori. I thought it was fabulous. Then you come out on the other end and you're on the you know, you're on the glide down. Um, it was just something magical about that tunnel. It perfectly, and the way that this race was structured, especially being your first one, not knowing what you're getting yourself into, it was perfectly broken up. Great aid stations like every five miles. So anybody going into it, it's like, okay, I can bite this off in every five mile chunks. Like, okay, we got this here. Okay, we got this here. I can do five miles. Like most of us, I can do five miles instead of looking at the whole of it of, this is 32 miles. What have I done? And the other cool thing is that the way the layout of it was, is just that this beautiful going around a lake. And then you come back and okay, I've got this odd two and a half mile pitch black tunnel, which most people have never run through. Like, what is this going to be like? And you go into it and that it is kind of a, a very odd optical illusion looking at this pinhole and you're like, okay, is this other people coming? Is this Am I looking at someone else's headlamp? Am I looking at a lantern? Am I looking at this dot that never seems to change? You have no gauge of where the hell you're at in this tunnel, but you're just plodding along and, and you know, observing and you, you get that headlight set and you're like, okay. And yeah, by the time you get to the other end of it, it's like, oh, well, that's, well, that was cool. That's fun when races have, you know, one or multiple sort of features like that, where it's not just, you know, it's one of the things I love about trail running versus road running. Road running, you know, it's sort of the conduit for a lot of people to get to trails. But, you know, if you're on the pavement, there's only so many buildings or so many parks or so many cornfields or whatever that you can see. And they're all beautiful in their own right. But when you get onto trails, there's cool aspects that like, you know, I don't know, these amazing clusters of trees that have sort of grown together, or you have this cool tunnel or water features, or, you know, you're doing switchbacks up the side of a mountain and you can see everybody going up or everybody going down. And, you know, it's just different stuff that you're not going to get in the course of maybe even running your own trails. Right. And that's what makes trail running unique unto itself is that you get to experience all these different environments, you know, especially if you get to travel to different races around the country, you know what I mean? So, yeah. At one, at one point on the course, Rachel and I were running along, I think it was maybe close to mile 20 or something. And all of a sudden there were people like rock climbing. Do you remember that? And they were like, they were like belaying each other, like standing on the trail, belaying people above on these, like on this rock wall on the trail that we were running. And I just thought, man, that's wild. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're thinking the same thing about you. Man, that's wild. Like, who would want to run? <laughs> so you guys mentioned the um, the aid stations and, you know, being staged about five miles apart. Talk talk to us about, like, your nutrition plan and your hydration. Did, like, because that's always a big one for us, right? Like, did your nutrition go well? Did your hydration go well? Did it work? Did it not work? What was the, give us the rundown. 
I think for all of us, it, and again, being the virgins, you know, that, that, that several of us were, it was, we'd all worked at, just like you say, Megan, you know, working your stuff through your long run. So you kind of have it dialed in and, but you never really know what they're going to have at the aid station. And I'm a, I'm like you, I'm a vegan and a veg head and whatever. So there's not a lot there that I'm going to choose from. So I want to make sure I take my own, but then there's always that tempting thing of, but if I just use the year stuff, I could lighten up my pack and blah, 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 blah. But, um, I, you know, I think we all did, or Lori and I, I know Rachel, I'm not sure if you use tailwind, but, um, tailwind and, and we had enough bars and, you know, the nuts and the things that you use to sort of keep you going. And most of the stuff in the aid stations was standard, you know, you could pick up some extra goo and some, they had the snacky things and the sweet things. And, um, but overall, like Rachel said, and this took me through ghost train too, just thinking, I'm just going, like you said, from aid. So I'm just running from aid station to aid station, whether I get anything there or not, I don't care. It's, there's just something mentally wonderful about seeing that table <laughs> and getting to it and taking a look around and maybe you choose something, maybe you grab something, tuck it in, you don't have it, but overall, and there were restrooms along the way, which were, which were great. Um, I think the nutrition pretty much worked we sort of reminded each other, you know, Lori would sometimes say, Oh, okay. It's been 30 minutes. I got to have something. And she was definitely a caretaker. Yeah. You feel, or, you know, you feel yourself sliding down a little bit and go, Oh, I need to have something to eat. Okay. Yeah. It, isn't that incredible? Like three, three amazing ladies had zero GI issues on a 50 K course. Yes. Woo, I think I think all of us had a very successful nutritional plan following following your guidance that you've provided. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely the gal, the Julie Strobe, did I say her name right? Um Shobe. Shobe. Um yep. having her in the master class and watching her and all of the have your talks with her were essential, at least, and being able to put that into practice for all the training, not knowing and kind of throwing out the window of the starve yourself or, you know, eat this, but having the focusing on carbs and sodium was huge coming into it. And um, so it's like Tracy was saying is that we kind of had our nutrition dialed in going into it and you packed, I mean, she has you at least that's a, and I, I'm pretty sure we all, all three of us had it. It's like we had our packs with where's what we're going to eat for each hour. So as you know, the aid station was kind of a twofold kind of helped you mentally as you're going through this distance, but also it's like, okay, I have this, I'm fueling here. I feel good. Is there something else I need? And then also, okay, keep, keep going along. So it's like, it was completely dialed in, like feeling like it was like one more thing, like going into it. I think that was kind of the funny thing. I kept waiting for all the jitters. I remember being on the bus with Lori going at the start of the race, like, okay, when is this, like, you go back to your first, that first race like I did when I, and I was like, okay, am I going to be terrified crying at the start line with what have I done? And I remember being on the shuttle, like, I'm not nervous. Like, I, I'm not feeling terrified. And, you know, I'm sure it was having Lori sitting right there next to me, knowing we're going to meet Tracy. It's like, okay, I got support, but I'm like, this isn't, this isn't like terrifying and kind of going through it. Like I have, I know me like a top hat. So I'm, you know, got my toilet paper packed. I have the uh, funnel protocol. I won't tell you what I called it in Mohab because that, anyway, you know, it's like, I I'm anticipating like, this is going to be, 
I know two miles in, I'm going to hit some issues. That never happened. It was like, oh, okay. And then you wonder going those even longer distances, even doing the trails or doing um, the training runs. It was like, okay, I know I'm, I'm going to be okay. And that just never seemed to happen. So it was just like kind of a, a knock on wood and don't bring it up because God forbid you bring it up and you just jinx yourself. But it never happened. It was like, okay, like this is flowing amazingly. So yeah, the practice is crucial. I mean, that is, you know, it's one thing to have the knowledge. It's, it's a completely other to practice it and then put it into play on race day, you know, and, and be, you have to be diligent about it. You have to practice it. It's not just, um, you know, people sort of think like, I eat throughout the day, the eating while running shouldn't be a problem like this. I can, you know, I can do this, but for some people, it's not a problem. And for others, it does present a problem, not only logistically, like how do you eat and keep moving forward, but how does your body accept and absorb the stuff that you're eating without rejecting it in some way, shape or form that's going to pull you back, you know, and, and cause you to have to stop. So I think it's amazing that you guys all practice ahead of time, that you had it dialed in, that you had it figured out and you just sort of showed up on race day. My favorite way to show up on race day is like, this is just another long run. Like that's how I like to go into it. And so if I have spent the X number of weeks leading up to this race, pretending like I do the reverse. I show up to every long weekend run like, okay, this is race day. What am I going to do? And then I show up on race day and I do the opposite. I'm like, okay, it's just another long run because that's what I've just been practicing for, for the last, you know, X number of weeks. So I try to flip the mentality on myself so that I don't have, you know, what you were sort of talking about, Rachel, which is like, you know, you show up on race day and you're just like buzzed out of your mind. Cause you're like, I don't know, like, is this going to be okay? I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm all the things. Like if you just, you know, if you can flip it around, at least I have felt that that is like a, a good way to practice. I kind of felt like that was Lori for going, going into it. It was like it for everything that she was like, like, this is just a long run. You've done this. You got this. Like again, the world's best cheerleader to have by your side, like the ultimate. I was so lucky to have this, like for all 32 miles. Like it was like, no, this is just a run. We got this. You got this, you know, kind of like that. And to build on that, you know, I've done a lot of races where my mind has been in a deep, dark hole and I've been on the struggle bus. And I just want to like give kudos to both of these ladies who I just never saw them go there. I think people were ready to be done at the end of the race, but nobody went to a dark spot. I mean, they all were happy and delightful and positive and smiles on their faces. And I'm so proud of both of them. It's just, they're incredible women. It's very, it's very cool to see. That's awesome because it is super easy to sort of slide down into that dark place like you were talking about. And for sure, you know, I think at the end of almost every single race, you are ready to be done, you know, like you're like, okay, is it, have we reached 32 miles yet? Like, is it time? And that's totally normal, totally on par for the thing that you're doing. But, and, and if you can't, 
like manage the, you know, the, the mental, the physical, the emotional of all of that together. I do think that's where like that little slide starts to show up and you're like, Oh, it would just be so easy to just hop on this slide and ride it all the way to the bottom and, and ride it to the, Oh, see, I never should have signed up for this in the first place. Like, what am I doing here? You know? And that's like, that's a place you definitely don't want to end up because it's a real deep hole that, that can be hard to dig yourself out of. Yeah, this race kind of set you, set, was one of those that it kind of set the bar so high. It's like, you know, races don't go like this. You know, you have that that pain cave and you have that stuff. And yes, I, I say for me, the last probably two, three miles, I want to say two, we're kind of like, are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we, are we done yet? Like 32 miles has got to be around the corner somewhere. But it was, it was one of those that it was like, okay, like to have your first race be like this was just incredible. My only one, right? But but the first and only, and to go, oh, okay, well, I, was, I, was, I mean, my feet are a mess, but I feel, you know, this is great. <laughs> that was going to be my next question, like physical stuff. Did any sort of physical stuff pop up, you know, blisters, cranky hips or knees or any of that uh, kind of I stuff? Didn't, I had, I get, I thought of you, uh, Megan, when you were doing the Tahoe 200, you know, and your feet were so... Mm. And even though I've gotten blisters and I've wrapped and I'm a master at, at moleskin and all that, you know, I, my second toe is bigger, is longer. So I have these cool little yep. covers. They're like toe condoms, you know, and I put on there. Yep. And you name it, I've tried it, but I'm sitting here looking at my two middle toes right now that now are, I'm two less toenails down and, and they're very colorful. But other, otherwise, I didn't have any, Rachel, you had some stitches, you know, like some side stitches. I had a couple sites at the end, like definitely your hips, your knees, your feet hurt just from that amount of time. And I think one of the things that about Wednesday afterwards, when I was going out for the, a light run, you realize, oh my God, so I must have done something right. The proof is in the training because after two days, I'm like, I don't hurt. Like this feels great. Like the fact that I remember even doing a half in the middle of my training, it hurt a few days later, like more than a week later, I was like, Oh God, my quads, my hamstrings still hurt. And on this race, it was like by Wednesday, I'm like, I feel good. Like no hip issues, no knee issues, no blisters, no anything, no chafing. I'm like, okay. And I remember telling one of my friends that and she goes, and she looks at me and goes, well, you perfected your training then. And I was just like, Oh, my kind of mind blown. Like, Whoa. Okay. That's right. I, yeah, I mean, there is a certain there is a certain uh, validity to like finding the secret sauce, right? Between all of the different things and and getting them at the right levels, you know, not too much running, but not too little running, not too much walking, so on and so forth. And like, okay, how much do I need to attend to my feet, and how much do I need to eat and drink, and you know, what is my optimal sleep schedule? And for some people this, they can figure it out pretty quickly. For some people it takes a little bit longer, but yeah, I mean, that really is sort of like, that's the proof that you've sort of found that, you know, you're onto the secret sauce and maybe you dial it up or dial it down depending on, you know, the results. Cause to your point, no, no two races are ever going to be exactly the same. So for one, you might need to dial up or dial down something else, but that's really the, where the proof is, is like, can you walk away from this? Like, yeah, maybe you have some bumps and bruises, so to speak, but are you completely 
like <laughs> offline? Like, are you, you know, are you couch ridden, right? Or are you upright and moving? And can you go about your daily life? You know, because obviously, <laughs> none of us are being paid for this, but can you go about your daily life after a race and not be completely in pain or, um, totally Mm -hmm. derailed? And that's a fun thing to bring up to people, you know, when you've got the doubters and the, and the, the naysayers in the room that are going, well, you, you know, especially you, you're really old to be doing this kind of stuff. And you're like, you, they say, oh, you must've just been trashed for weeks afterwards. And just like Rachel, I'm like two days later, if it wasn't for my feet, And I think even, you know, I'm ready to go again, which is, Megan, bravo, man, because what you've put together. I didn't do it. You did it. (laughs) Well, you did. I mean, you're the. The combination of, I mean, I love, I've always been a big strength training person, but the mobility and the strength and the walking, everybody's like, what do you mean you walk a lot in in an ultra? I'm like, yeah. And they go, oh, really? So it it just, I'm amazed you know, that it, that it's doable. So it is totally doable. It's totally doable. And it like, you know, it's, it's, um, I love that you sort of in your intro, like led with your age as well. It's like, it's not, this isn't just a game or a sport, so to speak for like, for young people, like this is a sport. And I'm sure you probably saw a bunch of people of all shapes and sizes and ages and abilities at, at your race. Right. It's like, are they all going to come in first? No, obviously not. But like they all have their own goals and their own objectives, right? Like probably there were a lot of other people there that had a similar objective to Rachel, which was sign up for the biggest, scariest thing. You know, this is my big, scary thing for the year. And so that is going to look different for everybody and everybody's going to show up to it looking differently, but it doesn't mean that you know, you shouldn't be here if you are over the age of whatever, right? Or if you look a certain way, or if you have a little bit of running experience or a lot of running experience, like this is sort of like an all encompassing sport. Everybody can get in on the action and have just as much fun as everybody else. So. And they do, which is again, for the the shout out to everybody who's like, Oh, I don't know. That's what they say. Well, it really is that way you get there and Everybody, you know, good job, way to go. It's just endlessly for your seven or six or five or however many hours you're out there. I was like, wow, it's so cool. That was actually um, one of my goals that when, when we were setting the goals is to make sure that um, I would, could either high five, you're back, yay! <laughs> but that was one of my goals is to, to cause I know how good I feel giving high fives. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna give all the high fives and the you can do it. And it turns out I had my own personal, you can do it high fives running right next to me the whole time in glory. Mm-hmm. But That's it was. Right. I mean, it, it just, <laughs> that was it. It was like, you have this, the ultra, and you've talked about it multiple times, Megan, is that the ultra community, and it's just like, they're just so supportive. You know, it's like, you can do it. You got even the 50 milers who are coming past you as you were struggling on your race. And they're like, great job runner. You got this, you got this. Just so supportive. Well, they know what you're going through, right? Like they know, I think it's like, it's also self-fulfilling and self-sustaining too. So if you show up there and you are like, you know, you're, you're, you don't participate in it, so to speak. Like if you don't say high five or you don't, you know, give back in some way, shape or form, then yeah, the vibe is diminished a little bit. So you do have to pay it forward. You do have to pay into it a little bit to, to keep it, you know, sort of high vibe type of environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody out there 
whether it's your first or your 500th, right? Everybody has done roughly the same amount of training to get there. They understand what it takes. This isn't, and this is no knock on 5k runners, but like this isn't a 5k. And there's a, you know, there's a whole separate set of training parameters that go into running a 5k. And especially if you want to go super fast, like as a general side note, we, our next door neighbor runs, uh, our teenage next door neighbor runs on the cross country high school team. And he placed like fourth overall in one of the last races with like a 1635 in my wildest dreams. I would never be able to run a cross country 5k race in 16 minutes and 35 seconds. Like, so that's a whole other thing. Like I can totally appreciate the skill and the dedication and the training that goes into that. Right. Two totally different things. And so everybody who's running these super long races, there's a whole set of training parameters and you know protocols that you have to go to to get to that level. And anyone who's in the race with you understands what it took for them to get there. And so I think it's one of the things that's really important about trail running is that like you pay into the vibe, right? And you cheer on as many people, even if they outwardly look like they want nothing to do with you because they are in that pain cave. <laughs> like, <laughs> one year at Ghost Train, I don't remember what year it was, but one year at Ghost Train, so just for context again, Ghost Train is an out and back race, right? Um, I was running with my friend Elena and we were just like, hey, nice job. And so like when you go out the first time, everybody's going in the same direction. As you come back, you start to see other people. You're just passing people back and forth, right? And so we are the whole time I was with her yes, you're great. High five. Like we were giving high fives. Like we were just having like a ton of fun. And as you know, you guys know, like as the course of the day goes on, people, you know, the, the hours and the miles start to wear on them. Well, Elena and I were determined to just like keep it high vibe and keep going. And we were, we were high fiving, good jobbing people in the dark with our headlamps. And I would catch glimpses of people's faces and they'd be like, you know, the sort of like the walking dead, these like zombies, but we were still determined to keep it going the following morning. Right. I was, um, I think I was like coming back into camp. I was still determined. Cause like, it also helps you, right? Like it's not necessarily so much about like you cheering on other people, but it like, it also helps you to stay out of that dark place that we talked about before too. So if you can keep this up, this is like pro tip, it'll really help you. But I was coming back into camp or leaving camp and somebody was passing me and coming back in. I can't remember which it was. And he was like, he said something like, Oh, high five girl. Or like, Oh, you're the one that's been like, yelling at me all night long. And I was like, yes, you're doing great. Like, let's go. (laughs) So it's just like, people will start to like appreciate it and they may tell you it, they may not tell you, but I think it's super important to like pay into it, you know, pay it forward, so to speak. I don't know if you know this, Megan, but these two amazing ladies just did ghost train. Mm -hmm. They are amazing. I do know. Amazing. I do know. I do know. (laughs) It was fun. They know, they know the out and back vibe. Yep. The death look overnight. Yeah. So let's circle back and come back to you. You made it through X number of miles. Like going into this, did you have specific goals? You mentioned that the overall time time limit was 11 hours, but did you each have individual time goals or like what were, what was your setup? What did you decide going into it that you were going to aim for? Uh, I will start by that, that saying, basically I'm, I'm the, uh, just, going to run from aid station to aid station and finish. Hopefully, you know, just want to try to get, make it all the way. And I, you know, I felt 
fairly, I had no idea, but um, other than and have a good time, you know, that was kind of my goal. I had no reference on time, you know, none at all. Uh, and knowing, knowing I didn't have to worry about time uh, again for maybe a first time around the, the patch, that was really nice not to have any cutoff. So that was kind of my only, and to have fun with these two crazy babes I was with and that was it. It was my goal. Nice. And so for context, what was your overall finishing time? Uh, I think that one was 725 or 6 or something like that. No, it wasn't. It was. Our, our time was 725. Your time was 716. No, you were 716. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smoked, baby. Smoked us. <laughs> I was thrilled, you know, I was like, whatever, it just, if it was under 11, if it would have been, yeah. if it would have been 10, 59, 59, that would have been fine too. That still counts. So. Still counts. Rachel, however, completely annihilated and blew out her goal. Cause her goal, if I remember correctly, was under, was around eight hours. Yeah. And that girl crushed, crushed it. it. I had a personal cheerleader egging me on the whole way. And you know, she not, she not only cheers you on, she does it with this gazelle like step, yes. which as we've called, I've talked about, yes. I know that step very well. And she's just, it's like a little road runner light on her little feet. And I'm like, okay, you inspire me. So yeah, <laughs> cheering and trotting along like a little elfin thing. Well, Rachel, Rachel would have done it anyways. She would have come in under eight hours. But honest to God, she was just like a beast. And just she completely held strong. And I'm so proud of her that she, I mean, can you imagine like, if your A goal is eight hours, and she did a 725. She's just so awesome. Congratulations. I actually went, so I did the Lori's training coaching program and I love it. So I had my goals. I went and got them. So when we wrote, uh, when we had done them. So, so my actual goals for this race were finished in eight hours. Thank you, Lori and Tracy for keeping me under that and coming in at seven hours and 26 minutes or, and that was wonderful. So great nutrition, hydration, nailed it, uh, right. Comfortable gear. Perfect. All the way. That was uh, Perfect. And we had a discussion because the weather was good. We weren't sure how the weather was going to go. We were supposed to get a bunch of rain. So Lori and I and Tracy the night before were all figuring out our, we had a plan of how this was going to go. So it turned out perfect. Uh, keep the 12 to 13 minute pace maintained constant pace the entire way. And I have to say that Tracy has the best perfect. I think that's what you learn things about yourself as you're going through this. So I am an interval kind of runner, like I run for this amount of time and then I walk. Tracy has this amazing pace that she keeps the entire time, this consistency. And I have to say, after so many miles, on a distance this long, that start and stop thing got painful. Whereas that constant, watching Tracy, just this wonderful, constant pace all the way through, all the way through, all the way through. It was just so consistent that that was definitely a goal going into my next race is to, to learn this constant, wonderful pace that she kept and just maintained. So that was, that was one of the, and the last and most important was no poop issues. Nailed it. <laughs> also, I did have the high five celebrate people all the way. So love it. There we go. 
I love it. Oh my God, you guys, it's so amazing. Painted like such a good picture. I feel like I was there with you guys, like, you know, going through the whole thing. It's you absolutely were with us the whole time. We talked about you. We talked about your podcast. Every- More than you ever know. It was all about, it was all because of you. Thank you again. I've taken up residence in your brains now. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's for, it is what it is. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is a question to ponder for sure. Good or bad. So... That brings us to the to the next thing. Have you just, well, I guess like there's been a little bit of time elapsed since you've done this thing. And then two of you guys went on and did another thing, but do you have another, do you have another ultra goal picked out? Is there something else on the horizon? Are you thinking 2024? Like what's the next? Cause Rachel, you're going to have to pick another something for next year. So what's it going to be? I did it. Uh, I signed up for the trans Selkirks in Canada. Yes. So the half stoked. Just the, I did do it, ladies. I signed, I pressed the button. You didn't tell us. I did. I did the half stoked though. So just in case if I'm capable, uh, maybe someday the full stoked, but that looks overwhelming. So what is it? Tell everybody what it is. So the Trans-Selkirks is a multi-stage race in Revelstoke, Canada, uh, BC. And it's, um, so this is going to be a technical one. It's three days and the half stoked is, um, 6,000 feet of elevation gain within the, over the time, each, each mountain is different. There's three days. So it's three days, three races. The full stoked is 14,000 feet. I'm not doing that one. (laughs) Maybe that's the future year's one. So that, that is my, my big stretch goal for next year. And what's the total distance over the course of the three days? Total distance is uh, 37 miles. Nice. Over the three days. Nice. Well, that just the addition of the elevation will be a, a big, an, a yeah. big challenge. Hugely so. So That's I'd like cool. to try that backcountry rise that Lori did as a mm. just because she's nailed it and made it sound amazing. But it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything yet. I, I'll probably do the Ancient Lakes one that you're going to do, Rachel, which is out in Eastern Washington, where my son lives as well, which is convenient. But other than that. Again, when you when you take off for the summer on the boat, it's always a little bit of a, you know, how do you do that? But I'm not sure. So, how about you, Ms. Hartman? I don't know. Uh, I still. By the way, just let me throw this in there before Lori goes. She did the Newport Marathon, and then a week later did Ghost Train. And let's see, In is it November you go back to Philly for the Philly Marathon? I got, a, I got a half in Santa Barbara first and then a marathon in Philly. <laughs> see? <laughs> when do you check yourself into race rehab? <clears throat> you know, the trick to that is always just knowing what is the purpose of the run. Because, you know, sometimes I do a race because I want the elevation challenge or I want a time challenge. But sometimes it's just about hanging out with friends or, you know, just taking pictures and having a good time. So even though I'm doing these like races, I'm not always racing. I'm just running. And it's just an event in my mind to that I find entertaining. 
So I also, I think I'm going to sign up for a race in South Carolina because my parents uh, have a home at Hilton Head there. And uh, in January, I think I'm going to do the Defusky Island uh, Marathon too. So that'll be January. But for ultras, I'm trying to decide. I have a big trip. I'm going to Africa for three weeks in April. And it's kind of throwing off the timing for spring race training. Um, so, and I, so I don't know, cause waiting till next fall to run a big ultra sounds like a long time from now, but I have been pondering. So when I, you said I did ghost train, but I only did three laps. I only did 45 miles. Only, only. only. whatever. Take that out of it. Right? Hello. But I've yeah. been wondering. I, I really, really enjoyed the night running. Actually, at that race, it was really fun. And I've been pondering if I want to try to do a hundred miles there. So I do struggle a bit with an out and back. You know, it's really tempting to go to your car, and I definitely do better on a on a point to point or a big loop or something. So. Um, but I can see that the race format is really helpful in terms of being able to support yourself and change your clothes if the weather's bad or change your shoes, which I did a couple of times. So I, I definitely see the benefits of that format for this kind of a distance. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm pondering signing up for that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I think you, you brought up a good point about the format of the race. And that is something that you have to give some thought to ahead of time because, and again, you don't know if you don't know if you've never done one before. Like for me, I think the, the format of ghost train, the out and back seven and a half and seven and a half. So 15 miles total per loop is probably the lowest I would go. I, I, um, if you guys have listened to the episode that I did with Sarah about, um, notch view, and it's like basically a two mile loop over and over again, I'm not sure I could do that, but I am seeing her side of it where she's like, you know, it's frequent. You don't have to carry a pack. You know, you like, it's very comforting to know that there's no, um, there's no unexpected something around the next corner in terms of, you know, a point, a long point to point or a really long loop where you're just like, I don't know, I've only seen this much of the course with a, with a short loop like that. You've seen every nook and cranny of it. You know where you should walk, where you can run, where, you know, where you should walk and eat. And like, you know, so there is some comfort to that, but I think there is some, um, there's some thought that you, you have to get into in terms of, okay, if I want to do hundred miles or I want to do 50, like try and set yourself up for success and find a format that, you know, you like that, you know, that suits your talents and your, your strengths, um, you know, and, and give yourself a leg up in that sense. Um, until you get a couple different formats under your belt and then you can say, okay, well, I really want to stay away from this or I really like that. And that's how you can sort of start to stack your mileage and stack your races when you play to your strengths, right? And 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 choose races that are really going to set you up for success. That's a really good point. And, and just, you know, the thing real quickly that when you talk about having the pack, who would know that I now have such a love affair with my pack? I really kind of feel naked without it, you know, and I, I find myself, I'm like, where's my water? What if I just wanted some little, especially the, the, the water. So I think of you all the time, Megan, because I know 
you are a pack girl. You're going out for four miles. You got your pack. So that's kind of me now. Yeah. I mean, I can't leave the house. Like I'm, I'm every one of those annoying memes that you see on social media about like women leaving the house with all of their personal belongings. Like I have snacks, I have like, you know, extra clothes in case it gets hot or cold I, like, I have a rain. Like, so when it only makes sense that when I would go out for a run, I've got my pack and then I've got my water and I've got my first aid kit and I've got my little, like, you know, my little poop bag in case I, you know, in case nature calls and I have my chapstick and you know, all the things I, it is like a little bit of a security blanket for me. Now you spend so much time wearing it, that it's just like, you do feel naked without it. <laughs> well, is there anything as we sort of like land this plane, so to speak? Um, is there anything that you guys want to share thoughts or, um, words of wisdom or encouragement for, you know, people who are listening, if, if they're considering their first ultra, maybe they're on the fence, maybe they're, you know, coming at this later in the game, like they're over 40 or over 50 or over 60. Like what, what would you guys want to share with them? Well, I don't think that age should be a factor whatsoever. I'm 52. Um, I'll let the other ladies say how old they are if they choose to, but I just think that so much of it is in your mind about if you can do it or not. And you absolutely can do it. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Don't let anybody tell you you should be faster. Walk if you feel like it. Take pictures if you want to. And just get out on the trail. It fills up your soul. And it's just, it's an amazing place to be and an amazing community. Well said. Lori nailed it. And I have to say, being the baby of the group at 48, age is not a justification why not to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. just do it. Yep. And I'll, I'll top that off. I'm, as we know, I'm the grandma. I'm the... I'm the senior, and uh, which is shocking to me, by the way, that you know that I got to be this old, but it happens. So, you know, keep that in mind. So, if you're, if you know, just do it. It's like the Nike thing. You just get out there and you do as Lori says and as Rachel represents, and we all do any piece of it that appeals to you, that pulls you out there. Listen to it, go get it, and love it. And you're not going to love it every second, but. For the most part, you're going to find yourself getting up the next morning and going, well, I got to go do something a little bit of that again, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's a lot about what you guys have sort of like danced around and, and talked about a little bit. And especially when you were describing the whole thing, it's an experience, right? It's not just, it's not just a race. It's not just this, you know, I don't, it's not like just showing up to work and clocking in or whatever. It's like, it's a whole experience. Some of you guys had to travel to get to this place and, and, or other races. Um, you, you made friends, maybe you went and you didn't have anybody there, but then you made friends along the way. Like some of my best friends now are people that I didn't know until I was deep into a race. And I was like, I need help. And they were like, here we are. (laughs) Right. Um, and it's so just like, it's a, it's an experience. And I think that, um, I'm also sort of having this like 
out of body experience that Tracy was sort of talking about. It's like, how did I end up getting to be 44, almost 45 years old? Like, I'm not exactly sure when or how that happened. And so like, I'm sort of like, okay, I'm about to turn 45. I'm like, not clear on how this happened. And I think like in reflecting on what I've done up to this point and like, okay, trying to look forward, it's less about, um, I don't know. It's like the the stuff of the past is of the past. And it, and it was important in, in my journey in order to get to here. But as I start to look forward, I sort of have that same thing that Tracy was talking about. It's like, I got to get me some more of that. Like, how do I show up and do more of this and have more of this stuff and these experiences? Because at the end of the day, right, when it's, when it's your time, like, I don't want to look back on this and be like, wow, I spent so much time in front of this computer that I never got to do any quote unquote cool stuff. And so, you know, no, no matter whether it's your first race or if it's like if you're listening to this and it's a 5k that scares the shit out of you right now like that's an experience and you can have amazing experiences across all distances we just happen to be super focused on ultras because i think they provide another level of experience so to speak and every distance you go to is a whole new experience right and a whole new set of training parameters and logistics and mental hurdles and potholes to avoid and you know all this all this stuff and sure it's hard when you're in it but you guys have just so aptly demonstrated that like once you're done with it you get to look back on it and be like oh god that was so amazing even if this one little part did suck for whatever reason right on the whole right the thing was amazing and i want to do it again and that i think is the one of the most important things to keep in mind well, and, and not only is it an experience, but for me, it is an identity. You know, it's where you, um, it's a, it's a person, it's a way to distinguish yourself from other people. It's a way to find your own personal power in your life as a woman, that you can do hard things, that you can show up when it's difficult and when the, when the weather's crappy or you're having a bad day and you still show up and do the hard work. And, you know, it's, it's meant so much in my life. Um, it's really changed the way that I think about things in my life. Sorry, I'm getting too. <laughs> no, and Lori and I both had quit our jobs at the same time, kind of right when we met each other. And um, this was, you know, I'm an airline pilot and as a woman airline pilot, that's a pretty distinctual thing. And so even though you get to the age and you have to quit, you know, unlike other people, we have to quit and to, to just turn around and walk away from something like that. And even though I always said it was never my identity, well, guess what? It really is. So this, like Lori says, it, it helps to re- not, not replace, nothing ever replaces, but it re-nourishes that, that loss of what you're facing. And everybody, all of us get to a point in your life, whether it's an empty nest or you're a professional woman or your marriage ends or something where part of that piece, big piece of your identity is ripped away from you. And it leaves a hole in your heart that this can really fill, fill some of that back up. And I, I think that's a marvelous thing. I, so a hundred percent. I mean, that's exactly it. We each come yeah. from such different places, but you still have this thing that you, you've accomplished, you've become, you've worked towards that becomes a part of you. And it's just so fulfilling And the community that comes right along with it is 
incredible and so grateful to have just that surrounding you, propping you up, filling that void and helping you become the best version of yourself you possibly can when you feel the worst version of yourself is deep in there. And it's just, is such an incredible thing. Well said. Mm -hmm. All of you guys. I think that was like, I might just clip that whole little thing right out. And (laughs) I know, cause it is like, I think that's one of the things that, um, why, women in particular are drawn to this sport too, because they're, we do at whatever point get to a point and it's sort of like, we have an identity shift, you know, whether it's like you said, Tracy, a job, a marriage, um, uh, like just like an era ending, like not even necessarily like a big life thing. It's just like, there's this era that's ending or, you know, there's a death in your family or you move or, you know, something happens. And it's just like, okay, well now what? And I think like having a soft landing, having a place where you can go where, and I think it's important that that there is a physical component to that place too. And I think that's why ultra running provides such a great, that's why I like, so when I found out that Rachel was involved with girls on the run, I was like super excited. Cause I think that's like a good thing for us to seed early for girls and like sport. I played team sports and sports are great. I'm, I think they're phenomenal, but for anyone who doesn't really see themselves or have, if they have a child, a a girl who doesn't really dig team sports, girls on the run is a great way to help try to build some of that self-confidence and like understand that you can have something that is yours, like this sport or this physical outlet that doesn't have, that isn't dependent on you finding a team. Like you can have this thing and go out and you know, do a thing and accomplish some goals, set and accomplish some goals that are really going to help you keep moving forwards, you know, learn that process of set a goal, try for it, maybe hit it, maybe fail. And then what does that look like over and over and over again? Um, You know, sometimes team sports does a good job, depending if you have a really good coach or not of teaching you that. But I think running is a really good instructor on how to, for self-improvement, because you can't really, you can't blame anybody else. You also can't really rely on anybody else. You have to show up and do the work, right? Like people like me who are coaches can help you, but we don't, you know, we're not like David Goggins. We don't like live with you, you know, and like wake you up and then force you out on the run and do those things. Like, so all of this stuff is really up to you that you have to actually go out and do it. And so, you know, I think that builds a ton of self-confidence. And so if you're someone who's like struggling with self-confidence, it might sound counterintuitive because you're like, I think there is no way on earth that I could get up and haul my ass around for 32 miles. But like, I promise you, if you're struggling with self-confidence or if you're feeling like down in the dumps, start running and then set a big goal. Maybe that's a 5k to start with. And then maybe you morph up to an ultra, but like this will really, 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 really help you get out of that hole. Well, Rachel, when you, when you, um, finish your race, when you finish your three day stage race, you're going to have to come back and tell us about that because I mean, stage races are, are pretty amazing. I mean, I like them, but, um, it's going to be my first. So yet another first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's, that's groundhog day. We don't, we don't do that. So, <laughs> and then Lori, when you decide what your next thing is going to be, I mean, 
got to come back. I mean, you guys are just fun to have on together as a group anyway. So maybe we should just come back and <laughs> just chit chat about running in life in general. That would be fun too. <laughs> I've deemed us the Babs because Lori kept saying this on the race, the badass, badass babes. So now I've just referred to the Babs. This is my Babs group. <laughs> I just titled this episode, the Babs, interview with the Babs. <laughs> yeah. And the last word was different. Let me correct that. It was the uh, badass bitches. Well, but yeah, I mean, naturally. <laughs> Obviously, yes. <laughs> I told you that episode was going to be tons of fun and I hope it delivered. I hope it met your expectations. Those three ladies are a hoot. I really enjoyed hanging out with them and talking, you know, not only about that race, but just their shared experience and gaining their perspective on all things ultra and life in general. So I was serious about having them come back in the future for like our round table discussion, because that would just be so much fun. It would be fun to have sort of an ongoing conversation about all things ultra running and life. So if you liked this conversation and you want to get around more women like this, then I have two options for you. The first is to come and join my free private Facebook group called Run Your First 50K. You just go to Facebook, search Run Your First 50K under groups, and then hit the little button that says request to join. There's going to be three questions that pop up. Make sure you answer those because that's how I know whether or not you are a real account or a fake account. And it also helps me gather a little bit of intel as to to why you joined and how I can help you. Okay. And then once a week we do like an intro post where I list everybody that's joined the group over the last week. And I ask everyone to create just a little comment down below introducing themselves. You could also make a whole separate post if you wanted to with pictures and videos and all that fun stuff. But it's just a way for us to get to know one another better. We've had a lot of people find running buddies because they live adjacent to one another in the same state. And actually, I just put out a fun little infographic the other day on my Instagram account that we have nearly every single state in the United States covered, like one member, at least one member from every single state. I think we're missing like five. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but stay tuned. I'll share that. Um, So maybe you could fill that gap and you could represent for your state. So come and join us. It's tons of fun over there. And the other place that you can come and have tons of fun is inside the private She Runs Ultras membership community. We only open doors four times a year. And technically the next time we open will be January. But if you were on the wait list for the membership, you got an email early this morning with a little surprise Black Friday gift from me to you. It's an opportunity to get into the membership early via an annual membership. So make sure you go check that out. If you're interested in the membership and you don't want to wait till January and you're not on my email list, then reach out and I will send you an invite. 
Otherwise, we're going to kick things off with the Run Your First 50K program starting in January 2024. So if you've got a race planned for spring or summer of 2024, this is what you're going to want to get into. This program will teach you the ins and the outs of running your first 50K. I'll give you a training plan. You'll have a kick-ass community of women. We do live coaching calls. You get a one-on-one call with me every month. There's just tons of amazingness happening inside or over in that little corner of the internet, as I like to say. So if you want for more information about that, make sure you go to sherunsultras.com. That's all for this episode, you guys. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. 